This August, I am going to begin a series of the parables of Jesus. Now, during the sermon or during the worship service, we'll be teaching the parables of Jesus. We have five Sundays or four Sundays, no, five Sundays in August with the parables of Jesus. And in the class, we'll be doing modern-day parables. Uh, today, we looked at a commercial from Ikea. Google it, Red Chair Ikea. You'll love it. He'll speak to you. And, and uh, so the parables of Jesus, there, there were many, many parables that Jesus spoke. Actually, the Bible tells us that Jesus many, many times spoke in parables. Now, what in the world is a parable? In Jesus' time, and most biblical scholars would define a parable as an illustration, as a metaphor from the agrarian from the agricultural, from the rural society in which Jesus lived and, and, and compared it to a spiritual truth. Jesus usually spoke on agrarian or rural or country kind of parables because that's where he was. He was in the country. He lived in a mostly agricultural society. If they were not fishermen, they were then tending to, to sheep or tending to their fields. So a lot of the things that Jesus spoke about, that Jesus wanted to convey the meaning, the understanding of the kingdom of God, then he would use parables. However, Jesus also said that the parables were to be revealed, were to be understood only by the disciples of Jesus. Now let me ask you a question. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Raise your hand. Yes, you are. You're here. You're following Jesus. At least for today, this hour, you are behaving in terms of what we would describe a follower of Jesus. Thank you. Okay? So these parables are for you to understand ways about the kingdom of God, ways in which God behaves, ways in, ways in which our life with God is going to be different than normal life. For example, Jesus used to speak the parables, and he didn't only say one parable one time. He said, he may have said the same parable over and over and over again, because it was a methodology to teach his followers on what and how to understand the kingdom of God. In, our, in both of our parables, we find that Jesus is the one that's telling the story. Now, interestingly enough, one parable is for the disciples. That's the one in chapter 8. And the one in chapter 11 is not for his disciples. But before we get into the parables, I want to share with you a story. There was a time in America. There was a time in America in which there were railroad crossings like today, but there was a career. There was a career that was called the cross guard. And in rural and some city places, before electricity existed or was coming about, there were individuals who hung out in this little hut by a train railroad that crossed the street. And the job of that man was to, whenever he heard or he knew the schedule of the trains, whenever he heard a train, he would come out and flash the lanterns in front of the road so that a car buggy, usually a buggy or horse, would stop as the train would come. In northern Pennsylvania, right around the turn of the century, there was a tragic accident. There was a group of churchgoers. Oh, 
like this one. There was a group of churchgoers. They were in a carriage. It was around 12 of them. And they were approaching a crossing. And unfortunately, the train crashed and killed most of them. It killed most of them. The, the cross guard guy was there. And uh, there was an inquest. Always an investigation. Investigations are older than, than, than humanity. So they asked him, were you aware the train was coming? And he said, yeah. Actually, the train was in perfect timing. Did you, tell, did you see the people coming? Yeah. I saw the people coming. They asked him again. Did you warn them that the train was coming? I tried to warn them that the train was coming. But they kept on going. The investigation went on for a few months. And the guy actually was exonerated. He was chalked to one of those very strange accidents that nobody can explain. And he lived on. He lived on. You see, but Jesus who is the light of the world, teaches us in the first parable, it reads as follows. No one with a lamp covers it on a bowl and hides it. Actually, you put it up in a stand so everybody can see it. Then in verse 17, he says the following. For all that is secret will be revealed unto you. Everything that is secret will be revealed unto you. Uh, when I read that the first time, I kind of got panicky. Oh, all my sins are going to be revealed? And you know what? Yeah, and so what? But that's not what the text is talking about. Jesus, if you look at the verses before, has just finished teaching the parable of the sower and the seed. He's just finished uh, sharing that parable, and now he's going to explain it with this other parable. Because Jesus is really talking about the word of God. The word of God being the seed. How it grows in some and how it doesn't grow in some. The light in us, being Jesus, and Jesus sharing and being the light in us and giving us his light, is the word of God. So how we listen to the word of God is very important. But Jesus is saying here that all things will be revealed. No, not your sin is going to be revealed. What's going to be revealed is the fact that God has blessings in his kingdom. All the realities of God are going to be revealed to us who are his children. All the benefits of being in the kingdom, benefits and responsibilities are going to be given to us by Christ as Christ reveals his light in each one of us. So his light is the understanding of the word of God. So then he asks in that question, in that first parable, give special attention actually says how you listen to the word of God. Because we can be sitting here and we can be farming, you know, or, or getting busy thinking about lunch, thinking about other things, and not really paying attention to the word of God. Jesus is telling his disciples, pay special attention. Give special attention to the word of God because in it you will find the treasures of this life in satisfaction with God. So in the first parable, we find Jesus telling his disciples, pay special attention. Don't take it for granted. Be intentional about listening to the word of God. Be very aware that this is something that is very 
purposeful, intentional. Be always hungry for God. Be always thirsty for God as you approach the Word of God. So pay special attention how you listen to the Word of God. Do you listen to it with an attitude of fighting it? Do you listen to it as, I'm going to be the judge whether it's true or not? Or do you listen to it with a humble heart, an open heart, waiting for the surgical knife of the Lord to come in and cut and divide and teach and instruct? The second parable is very interesting. Because the second parable, it's a parable that it's not really for believers. It begins the same way. It begins actually the same way by saying, uh, no one lights up a lamp and puts it under a bed or hides it. Instead, you put it up so that everybody can see it. But then his encouragement changes. You see, here in this second parable, Jesus is telling his sympathizers, his religious enemies, some were sympathizers, those who were followers of Jesus but were not yet committed to the cause. This is who he's speaking to. He's speaking to those of us who are half committed, halfway with one way, one foot in the church, one foot in the world, where if it's the last day before school, forget about church, let's go have fun. And leave God for a second. God is not really my... Those are the people that put in their, in their car, God is my co-pilot. I don't want God to be my co-pilot. I don't even want God to be my pilot. I want God to be the aircraft. Carry me, O oh Lord. Carry me, O oh Lord. So in this second parable, we find that the whole idea of the Word of God is there. You know, it's going to come out. But it depends on your receptivity. It depends on your understanding. So if you are willing to receive the Word of God, if you are willing to understand it, God will give you more. But if you're going to resist it, if you're not going to believe it, and you're going to criticize Jesus and push Jesus aside... hmm, You know, in the old world, it says there, verse 34, that the eye is the lamp of our body. You know why it says that? Jennifer, in the first century, those people, those people back in the first century, they thought that we were able to see from our eyes because there was light inside us. We now know that we're able to see because the light outside creates whatever it does with our eye sockets and little stuff in there, the iris and the cornea and all those little thingies, okay? It's a whole bunch of them. And it responds, and then the outside light is the one that allows us to see. But in the first century, Greco-Roman and Judaism, they thought that if you close your eyes, you're shutting out the light that's within you. Mm. So when you're walking around without God, it's like walking around blind. I'm not going to do it. It's like walking around blind. Okay? So Jesus is saying, make sure then that that light that is within you, make sure that that light that is within you is God's light. Make sure 
It's God's light. You see, because sometimes we have an image of God. I, I met a young man in his 20s this week, and he knew about my career, and he thought I was very successful at it. And he said, I'm going to be a pastor. That's very good. Mm-hmm. You got to go to school. I don't have to go to school. I know enough about God. I don't even dare to say that. And I hang around the dude most of the time. See the arrogance? And sometimes we, we know what's called a cultural God. And that's the God that is waiting to punish you, to condemn you, to make you feel bad, to make you feel guilty, to hit you with, over the head with a stick. That's the God that society is. I've actually heard the idea, I have to fix my life before I go to a church. Girl, this is where we fix it. We come with it broken. We come with our darkness. Oh, we, we drag it. We drag it with us. And yet Jesus says, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Because we cannot invent God. God reveals God's self through the word of God. And the only way we know about God's functioning is because God shows us through the word of God. In finishing both parables actually do help us. Both parables tell us that light is understanding, that our life in Christ requires us to relearn all about life, to relearn about finances, to relearn about relationships, to relearn about how to deal with this world. Both parables encourage us to grow, to purposefully and intentionally develop a systematic understanding of God's word. That's why we have Bible studies. It's not just to drink coffee and donuts, even though I like them. But we eat the word of God. We chew on it. Sometimes we can't swallow it immediately, but we leave it there. And, and, and we struggle with it for, so that it doesn't become another bite of information in our brain. No. We struggle with the word of God, and we want to make sure it is God's own ways, because God wants to change and transform our lives to be like Jesus. So this morning, are you a disciple actively seeking, serving, and allowing Jesus to show through your life? As you open your eyes and the light from inside comes out? Or if, on the other hand, do you identify mostly with being a friend, sympathizer, supporter of Jesus? but not yet committed disciple, then I invite you this morning, I challenge you this morning to make Jesus and God's word the guide for your life, the inspiration and motivation to get up in the morning to walk in adventure with Jesus. This is like having a lamp that is always lit instead of having a lamp that is not lit. This reminds me, remember our cross guard guy? We know the story of this cross guard because in his deathbed, he called his pastor. That's how we know the story. In his deathbed, he called the pastor and said, Pastor, I need to confess something. What happened? Remember the accident many, many years ago? The families and children that died because of the crossing, the train coming in? Yeah. Well, they never asked me the right question. I was interviewed four times. No one 
asked me if the lamp was lit. No one asked him if the lamp was lit. So light of hope, this morning I encourage you, make sure your light is lit. Okay? As we walk through our life, as we walk through the streets, make sure that from your eyes, compassion flows through. Love and hope flows through. And make sure it brights, it shines bright. You are the light of the world. Like a city on top of a hill that cannot be hidden. Let us pray. God, we we now have a real bright red fire engine van in front of our building. But we don't want people to come to this church because of that big bright red fire engine thing. We ask you to make us your light. Make us your servants. That when we are around the community, when we were around with children during the summer camp, that compassion flow through, that joy flow through. And we pray that as we go back to the school year and some of us continue with our lifestyle of retirees, that we are also aware that there's struggles out there and that we can make a difference with the light that we have within us. Thank you, Lord. Keep the light shining within our hearts so that we may continue to be faithful to you. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.